Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and on today's episode, Alice Gray and I will be talking about sex workers. Today's show is brought to you by GoDaddy. Buy your own domain name, build your site, or use any of GoDaddy's business tools and save 30% at www.trygodaddy.com forward slash the rant. All right, everyone, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting The Rant. Uh, you guys have actually been able to push this podcast to uh, the iTunes top downloaded podcast. It's top 200 overall, and that is across the country here in the United States. And I've actually made it up into, I believe, uh, last month we hit top 50th uh, comedy podcast downloaded for iTunes. So I really appreciate that. Uh, because of the listeners we have and the recommendations, we've actually been able to go global. And today on the rent, we actually have someone from Australia. We have the escort Alice Gray from Australia. How are you doing, Alice? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing very well. It was a uh, nice of you to, uh, Wake up and uh, do the recording with me. Uh, we have a little bit of a time difference there. Uh, it's what eleven thirty in the morning over there for you. Yeah, thereabouts. I mean, I'd love to say I'm a lady of leisure, but I've been up for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I could have done that in college and gone through a solid night and kind of do the uh, power rally and get to the next day. I have hit the point in time now where I just want to be in bed by ten. So yeah. if it doesn't work. <laughs> I remember nice. like staying up until about three in the morning writing papers and having to get up at six um, because my commute to university at the time was about two hours each way. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm surviving on three hours sleep. Now I need to be in bed by 10 and then I'm up by like eight. Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. Oh, that would be nice. I think if I can get into bed by 10, I'm passed out by 1030. I'm up at 545 every morning already. But in college, it was you go to class, you get out of class, you go to the gym, you go to work. I worked for 10 to 12 hours a day, did homework, and then did some night classes and then did it all back over again. Did about three hours of sleep if I was uh, lucky. Lived on energy drinks and peanut M&Ms. I love it. Peanut, peanut butter M&Ms are my favorite. Uh, I don't think I've had peanut butter M&Ms that much. I've had them. Yeah, the, those are just uh, like Reese's to me. They have like the Reese's Pieces ones, so it's similar to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as not the, the, the caramel ones, those ones gross me out a little bit. Do you have caramel ones? Oh, yeah. We're America. We got fat things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys have the weirdest food. I remember I was over there like five years ago, and I had cheeseburger-flavored Pringles. Yeah. They were the best things I'd ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got the most ridiculous things. I I don't know if other countries have nearly as high cholesterol and intestinally blocking food as we do. Um, a few years ago, uh, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, had a chicken sandwich that it was a grilled chicken sandwich. And instead of a bun, they had fried chicken top, fried chicken bottom, and the fixings in between on a grilled chicken. It really was a chicken sandwich. Yeah, it really was. And I was like, that's going to kill somebody. That is going to kill somebody. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we argue about being too fat. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Have you ever been to the Heart Attack Cafe over in Vegas? 
I have not. It is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. They make you sign a waiver before you eat certain food just in case you do have a heart attack to say that they are not liable. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. I have not. And there's a reason that's in Las Vegas and not in California. California is so happy. Even if you signed a waiver, they'd still see you and probably still win. Yeah, wow. But hang on. In the States, don't you get sued if someone trips over on the pavement? Now, that depends on where the pavement's located. If it's inside your establishment, they'll try to, but the uh, the owners of the company would try to subrogate or pass off the fault of that to who, whatever contractor did that concrete or whomever put like the carpet over top of it. They would fight each other back in the courts until they run out of money. That is so crazy. Yeah. That's what we do. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's fun times. <laughs> yeah. America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that was a great movie. I almost said Aqua Team yeah. on that one. I saw Aqua Team. That was uh Team America. All right, Alice. Yeah. So we've got uh your social media. So if anyone wants to follow you, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm predominantly on Twitter if you want to plug in uh, the Alice Gray, T H E A L I C E G R E Y. Uh, you won't find me in searches because Twitter hates escorts. But if you, um, <laughs> if you plug it into your URL, you should be able to find me. And see, I find it funny that Twitter hates escorts. Yet one of our uh, previous sponsors, uh, Spunk Lube, uh, mm-hmm. just a lube manufacturer for porn. He puts some of the raunchiest things I've ever seen on the internet. Absolutely. Totally searchable. Absolutely. <laughs> totally searchable. Do you know what? There, I have about 20-ish, I keep track of these things, um, bot accounts following my Twitter feed at the moment, and most of them have got dick pics as their display <laughs> dick pics. Totally searchable. Oh, that is great. See, the dick pic is something I have never understood. I don't know many women that find a penis that attractive, and I've seen enough porn. I don't find them attractive. So I'm not trying to shoot mine to someone else. And with like new age internet dating, it's like, hi, how are you doing? Here's a dick pic. I've never understood that. Like, do you know what? This chick wants to know just how masculine I am. I'm going to send her a dick pic. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's sucking the gut and pushing against his pelvis to try to make his three and a half inch or just squeak out to four. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I there's I have this dichotomy. So, yes, I'm a sex worker and that's what I do and I'm a little bit raunchy online and I'm definitely raunchy in person. But when I get a dick pic, it's like my whole body just sort of freezes for a moment and I go, oh, my God, oh, how vulgar. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I would do the same if I did that and I saw one on my phone because first I'd be curious as to who's doing that and why are they sending it to me. And then I'd automatically think that my brother did it because my brother is what I like to call a unicorn. He is a gay ginger cop. So I would assume one of his friends would be doing it to me just to get my reaction. And it's not a good reaction to have me have. <laughs> my favorite response to that sort of thing is um, to say something along the lines of, oh, my God, are you okay? And then they get very confused and they respond going, what and that's when you go oh dude that 
you look a bit unwell. Maybe you should go and see a doctor. Because <laughs> 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 it's solicited, right? You know, tit for tat, be a little bit rude. Oh, that is great. See, I fortunately haven't had anyone give me them, but I have been that kind of an asshole at a party when our <laughs> friend in college passed out and he let us know that he likes to take dick pics and send them to people. And for some reason he passed out in college and didn't lock his phone. Like there's no password on there. So, Oh yeah. We blamed him thoroughly for this. Cause he also left his shoes on. You don't leave your shoes on passed out drunk at a party. It's a rule in college. And so, Oh yeah. You get, that's how you get your face written on and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. I've never heard that rule. Oh yeah. It's a stupid rule, but we still love it. <laughs> So we end up getting into his phone and finding everyone at the party that we were throwing. And we just mass text message everyone at the party, his dick pic. And it was awkward for one that it was him, but it was really awkward because he was taking it outright in a Chevy's bathroom. Like there was a, a there's a Chevy's like logo right behind him. Like he's in the bathroom in the full length mirror where guys can walk in and just see what he's doing. Dude. No shame in his game. The dick pic does more for the guy taking it or more for the ego of the guy taking it than it does for whoever is receiving it. Yeah. I, I, I can be on that one. I don't know. <laughs> you mean, don't, you, know. Don't, you, you don't get all the razzmatazz when guys send you dick pics? Come on. That's the whole uh, thing that one, isn't it? They want to assume that any woman that sees it just wants to swoon right there. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, I mean, they can just get into my pants for free if they send me a really attractive looking penis. Because you haven't seen one like that before. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, so you are an escort uh, in Australia. Uh, is yeah. is that different than the states where the states we have? I, I know there's certain counties in Nevada, not Las Vegas itself, but certain counties in Nevada. Um, mm-hmm. It is legal. Sex work is legal. I think uh, I want to say uh, there are a few different counties across the United States where it's legal. Is that the same idea in Australia? Similar. Um, we're very lucky over in the States that our laws aren't nearly as stringent um, as they are where you are. Um Generally, sex work is in some way, shape or form legal throughout Australia, but they will have different caveats from state to state. Uh, So, for example, in New South Wales with the city of Sydney, sex work is completely decriminalised, which means that it's not quite regulated by police or the government. You're sort of free to do whatever you want to do, how you want to do it. Uh, In Victoria, where I am, it is legal, which means that it is sort of heavily regulated by the government and you have uh, rules that you need to adhere to. And in South Australia, it's bordering illegal, uh, so it's quite dangerous, quite dangerous to work in South Australia. Okay. So now you had said that there's certain rules that you have to go by and the closest, I guess, relation to that I can come with is how um, uh, porn is kind of been – it's legal here in the States, of course, to kind of do all of that for it, but they heavily regulate it on its consistent testing. It's always with, uh, they try to put always with protection. That lasts, I think, like three months, <laughs> then kind of went back on it. Is it similar to that? Yeah, very, very similar to that. Um, so obviously this is going to vary from state to state, but because I am from Victoria, I think I'll just focus there. Um, so I'm an independent sex worker, which means that I work for myself and by myself. I run my own business. I've been doing that for almost five years. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, it's very, very cool and, and very rewarding. And in working in Victoria, I am legally you know, obliged to sign up for a license that tells the government, hi, I'm a sex worker. This is my little number. If you need to search for me for whatever government issue, um, if I do the wrong thing or if I need a reminder to get my health checked, this is the number that you can use. <laughs> there is mandatory sexual health testing every three months. Um, I am not allowed to provide in calls, which means that I am not allowed to host my clients, which presents some very, um, very strong safety issues. Uh, and the uncovered uh, sexual acts are illegal as well. What does that mean, the uncovered? If we're not wearing a condom for anything. Okay. Sorry. I'm naive. I was like, the uncovered? I, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so uncovered meaning not wearing a condom for penetration or oral. Okay. So Sorry, now since about sex. <laughs> since the state regulates you and forces you to have health checks, do they provide mm-hmm. you with free health care? I'm very, very lucky in Australia that we do have access to that. Nice. Um, it isn't always available. So if you do go to a private general practitioner, they may charge you for it. But we are very lucky that we have um, state-specific sexual health centers where you can go in anonymously and you can get a free health check. Nice. That reminds me of like being in college. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah, You just don't say anything. You're like, Oh, I should really just go in right now. Yeah. Except I think you're a lot more safe than any of us were in college. (laughs) Do you know what? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I read a blog sort of, February last year where I ran some stats on um, sexual health testing and sex workers in Australia are actually more safe than the general populace. That sounds about right because a majority of people I know don't get regularly tested. The people that I know that were rather promiscuous in college and are promiscuous now, they don't get tested ever. And so it's kind of one of those things of either fear of don't want to know or just sheer laziness. Yeah, and I mean, there's a little bit of ignorance as well. Like when we're taught, I don't know how it is in the States, but when we're taught sexual education in high school, for example, we are taught not to trust boys at parties. We're taught that our drinks are going to be spiked and that we're not allowed to do drugs. We're not taught about taking control of our sexual health. It's just don't have sex because you're going to get pregnant and don't go to parties because you're going to get raped. So people don't know that they should get sexual health testing or that those services are available until they're adults. Wow, that's a little bit of fear mongering. A lot of abstinence is best and uh, a little bit more of an education on terms of like party things and happens in the States. Granted, I have not been in high school for a while. So, uh, they, they teach us sex ed in fifth and sixth grade in elementary school. And the parents have the right to have their children abstain from being part of it. And because we're American, we're prudes, parents absolutely want to abstain from it because they don't want their children knowing what a penis or a vagina is or how intercourse is going to happen. So they try to completely pull everyone out of that scenario so that it's not an option, which just works out well. Around sex comes from because if you're making sex into this um, 
into this sort of taboo issue. No one wants to talk about it. Everyone feels a little bit uncomfortable. So then the notion of having sex for fun or dealing with an issue like a sexually transmitted infection or even pregnancy when they crop up becomes the end of the world. It does. And unfortunately, we're in an environment in the United States where it's, again, I say it jokingly, but we are, the country is prudish. We don't have statues out like you see in Rome or you see in France where there's just nudity out there. You don't have paintings of all these great artists because people don't want to see that. I mean, if you want to buy I don't know. I don't even think people still buy Playboy. I thought it would bankrupt. But uh, if you wanted to buy like a Playboy magazine or something like that, it is in the back dirtiest corner. It's covered in black saran wrap. You can't physically see it. You can't do anything with it. And if there is a mom breastfeeding her child out in public, all of this is against rules and against the norms. And people get irate and yell at the mom. It's it's a really weird situation. And we're getting further uh, reverted back into history now with the president and his cronies taking away women's right to choose and having the ability to be able to do these kind of things. Say it again. Look at what happened in Alabama. Yeah. With the abortion ruling. Yep. They are doing that across the country now. That is such a, a sad state of affairs. You're making people ashamed of their own bodies, of their own health and Gosh, I feel so sad. Yeah, we don't give the education to help people prevent things, yet alone treat them. And so now, if there were some issue of needing to have an abortion, regardless of what it might be, women can't even have that ability, and it's their body. We have a government of old, crotchety white men, and I'm white, so I'm okay to say it, but they're they're trying to run a country by fear and by what they think is right, and it's it's not it's not okay. No, absolutely not. I mean, if they could consult women and actually listen to their opinions before they made these laws, then I might be okay with it. Um, but there is no substitute for having women on that board. Nope, not in the least. But it is the uh, the uh, boys' club, and no women allowed. It's kind of the way they run that. It is, and that's that is such a shame. I like to say that that the same thing happened in Australia when they created the laws in Victoria, for example. You know, I sort of imagined a group of men uh, sitting around a table, going, "How can we make sex work the most unattractive thing possible, so that no one will do it? Because we don't want to be seen as discriminatory, but we have these opinions and we want to force them on people." Yet the men that are trying to enforce them are some of the biggest patrons. Of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But we're not allowed to say that. I see it all the time. I worked at a restaurant here in the States where the rule is you are not allowed to say, welcome back, Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so. The chance is he's probably not with his wife right there. Mm. Like the restaurant right. knows they bring escorts in. And if they bring their wife in and you say, welcome back, you just got the guy in trouble. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun times. <laughs> they're special. They're flowers. You know, we have to we have to treat them as special flowers. Oh, they're special, all right. Now, how much kind of special? <laughs> so now the idea of what I know about 
the sex trade comes either from rumors and backdoor whispers of my friends and myself and you know, collegiate days that we thought was true, that someone told us at one point here or there, things we thought we read on the internet, or really it's directly from our newsfeed or TV. And everything in the States about the sex trade is pretty much that the women that are in there were either forced to be in it, they were trafficked into it, or they were assaulted and that was their default. It, it, what does this have any like reality or bearing on the situation? Cause it's also known as the oldest trade in the world. So I, it, it's hard to say. So I have a few points on this. So I might ramble a little bit. So bear with me. Um, you mean you get a rant on the rant? <laughs> an opportunity. Um, let's go back to our conversation about sexual health and we're talking about abortions and talking about the stigma surrounding going and getting a sexual health check. Mm -hmm. So we were saying that sexual education is not something that's widely done or widely accepted. People uh, actively shy away from doing it because there is a stigma associated with it, right? Yep. We have taught people that this isn't okay to do. So when they do it, they're going to go underground. They're going to pretend that it's this taboo thing they're going to feel really uncomfortable. They're probably going to use a fake name when they go and see their doctor. Um, there might be some sort of extra cost involved or they won't feel like they can talk to anyone about it. It becomes a little bit uncomfortable, maybe even unsafe, right? Yeah. So this is where the stigma and stereotypes of sex work come from. Sex work is illegal in the United States. And when you regulate something, something that heavily you take something away from people so you're removing that ability to meet a demand there are going to be people who have money that want to spend it and there are going to be people who are going to capitalize on that so they are going to put girls into unsafe and uncomfortable situations in order to meet that demand this happens i don't want to lie about it i'm not going to cover it up it's terrible and we want to fix it However, we live in a world now where women and men and people in general are able to make a conscious choice to do this work to a point where there are more people that are actively making this choice for the betterment and the enrichment of their own lives than there are being traffic that we know of. Well, I appreciate it because it's, one thing from people on the outside looking in to cast judgment and to make statements that they really don't know what the hell they're talking about in the first place. And, and that, it's a, that's okay. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was going with this. I don't know anything about it. I know from my own family, my own brother who does sex trafficking. And that's what he fights mm -hmm. in the police force, but that's something that comes from children he's trying to protect children that have no ability to protect themselves and no ability to choose for themselves and that's something that he fights against for i'm sorry say again oh sorry i think that that's an amazing role what he's doing is incredible yeah he's done really well with it and he's actually uh 
been uh, across the country training and training uh, FBI and people to be able to fight what happens like child pornography. And that is not the same as what you're doing. But unfortunately, I feel that in the United States, that's kind of what they put uh, one leads to the other. Like they're saying, because of this, this is going to happen now. Absolutely. And it's that sort of stigma that is really, really dangerous. People need to be able to separate these issues. Um, You know, I can absolutely attest to the fact that I have had a really amazing life, a really enriched, lucky life. I'm happy. I have a solid family unit, a very well-supported family unit. And it's not that I went into sex work out of um, distress it was a means to an end, financially speaking, for me, but it didn't come from because I was abused for my entire childhood or whatever the stereotypes are these days. People need to understand that this can be a conscious decision at the same time that it can be something that people are forced into, but they should be attacking the, um, the, the latter rather than the former. <laughs> they need to be able to discern the difference. I completely agree. If... I felt my abilities were good enough, and I think they are, and someone wants to pay me for it, by all means. Something like a typical white man. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, with that being said, I have a few fun questions, maybe a little bit on the football, but fun things to kind of ask you that I've never asked someone, but I, I've seen out there and the stigma kind of goes for it. Um, so if you feel that a question is either too uh, extreme, just tell me to go fuck myself and we can move on. And if not, <laughs> then we'll be okay for it. But uh, certain ideas, like uh, I was always thinking of, and we actually had this conversation um, with the, the girlfriend here the other day, was about escorts. The word escort itself means to be with someone, to go somewhere. Does that automatically turn into sex or do people actually just pay to have your company and take you out somewhere and like kind of show you off or in the industry in general? Yeah. So this, I was having a conversation with um, someone the other day about this. I, as a, as an escort, I charge for time. And I think that a lot of other sex, sex workers or escorts could attest to this. The expectation of intimacy, it's not, it doesn't come from entitlement, but it's not the entire reason why we're there. So first and foremost, we're just hanging out and whatever happens kind of happens. I have been, I have spent time with people where I have played with dogs, we've gone to a movie, we've gone out for drinks, nothing sexual has ever happened. We've just been in each other's company. And if I'm perfectly honest, that happens more often than not. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. I would not assume that. I, in my head, I just assumed premature ejaculation happened more frequently than not. <laughs> Look, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the one thing we were always curious about is like, if someone has got paid for the company to have you out with them, you have the right ability to say no this isn't gonna happen or yes this is gonna happen has ever been in a situation where you went out and someone just outright assumed that's all it was and you were able to walk away yeah totally i am very privileged in that i make my own rules again i work for myself um 
there have been times you know during bookings where I've been made to feel uncomfortable but you know trading money is not trading consent we all go to work but we consent to be there right we consent to do our jobs and if we're not happy we have the choice to leave and I have quite happily exercised that choice nice yeah do you want to start getting paid for listening to podcasts especially the rant I know you do. It's free money and why not do it? Download the PodCoin app. It's free for Androids or iPhones. Use the code THERANT to get 300 points right off the bat for downloading the app. You can turn the points into free gift cards for Starbucks, Target, and a whole bunch of other things. Things are added every day for doing what you're already doing, listening to podcasts. Download the PodCoin app or check out thehermanjames.com for links. And don't forget to use the promo code THERANT for your free 300 points. Now, I have been to enough bachelor parties to know the difference and met some random people there. Is that a similar idea? What? the strippers do is that something like an escort would do as well do you do those kind of things or is it just dating and that kind of idea for it yeah interesting i think it it really depends on your skill set and how you want to market it if you work for yourself then the options are endless right yeah um for me personally i prefer companionship style um dates or arrangements so i i like to spend time with people if you've ever seen me dance you'll know that hiring me for it is a bad idea <laughs> like the uh, the elaine from seinfeld that'd be fantastic worse <laughs> <laughs> okay and see that's kind of a thing with it when it comes to what i understand for a majority of men in the states here is that when you hire a stripper, because I hired numerous ones, that yeah, yeah. if you ask or you pay enough, you're going to be able to do whatever you want with. But my fear is I don't want to catch anything from anyone, and I'm not doing that. We have fun with the parties. We have the escorts come drink with us. They dance. They do the shows, and we have a good time with that. But that's kind of where we've left it. I mean, I, I've had some friends actually pay them and they have uh, slept with them and done their steal. But again, that in the States is not a legal thing to do. And we also have to be a little leery of, you know, the six foot five, 325 pound black man outside the door. Because if she says one thing weird, we're going to get broken in half. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, there are a couple of points that I just wanted to raise that I, I found a little bit um, a little bit of an issue. One of the first issues that you presented with this situation was that you didn't want to catch anything. Um, Correct. I find that a little bit of a dangerous stereotype because not all sex workers have infections or you know diseases that they can pass on. And if that's your first worry, I feel like we need to reassess that. One hundred percent, and I, I agree with that. I, when it comes to me, the issue I had was they treated me as if this was a backdoor deal. And so that made me feel very, like, standoffish. Yeah, totally. And it'd make you feel uncomfortable because you know it's legal, right? If it were legal and they were doing, as you were talking about, like the actual testing was required to do every three months, that would be yeah. a different story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah, the yeah, way... 
yeah, the way we do it here, it's completely different. And it's an awkward way of like the interaction coming out because it's almost as if they're the salesman and they're propositioning you into giving them more money to do things, whether you yeah. want to or not, where the agreement yeah, was set for one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So remember how I was saying before about the stigma surrounding sexual health uh, testing, meaning that people get really nervous and they don't want to disclose their identity. And it's sort of this thing that makes them feel kind of gross about themselves. Yeah. Um, similar to, you know, uh, the sex trade, you know, it's been made illegal. People think it's generally you know, gross or unsafe or insert stereotype here. And so it's gone underground. And so people don't feel that they can speak openly about this. And so you have a bunch of people who want to capitalize on it, but don't have a way that they can go openly about it in a way that makes people feel safe. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. It, I think if it was more of a mainstream idea, and mm-hmm. there was an ability to freely talk about it and honestly say, okay, if, if this is this, uh, how much are we looking at if it goes to this? Or have an actual sit-down conversation as you would normally do if it were a business transaction. Yeah. I, I think that would make people more comfortable. Um, I think that's really where it comes from on that one, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Good. Go ahead. I'm really good at talking over people because I just get these <laughs> ideas in my head and I'm like, yes, need to get this out immediately. Yeah. Um, this is why decriminalization is so important. And there is a lot of lobbying going on in New York City at the moment, I understand, um, which can bring a lot of these issues to light and actually make sex work safe and comfortable for people, which is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Absolutely. I think the issue was a few years back, or oh, a few years, and that's long, longer than that. Uh, oh shoot, 20, 2001 was uh, September 11th. So before that, when Giuliani was in uh, the mayor of New York City, he was trying to fight to get any sort of sex work out of the city and kind of do all that because they geared it towards mob mentality and that the sex workers were either in cahoots with or worked for or owned by the mob. So he was trying to get all of that out of there. So that helped stigmatize and you know, put the fear out of the industry and for everyone else about it. Absolutely. And this is why it's so important for people who are in privileged positions where they're able to work safely, maybe even for themselves, um, to speak up and share their positive experiences so that they can disillusion the public and, uh, and break down some of these stereotypes. I completely agree. Now, one thing I don't see much of, and it's probably because I'm a guy and I don't look for it, <laughs> How popular are male escorts? Pretty popular, but definitely not nearly as popular as uh, female escorts. I feel it's because women have all the power. You guys can get whomever you really want to, and guys really just don't have that ability. That's probably yeah. – could be wrong, but that's just how I feel about it because a guy is shouldn't force himself upon someone. And you guys are, for lack of better puns, the gatekeepers. So it kind of works out that way. If only, if only. Look, this is going to sound a bit sexist. Um, in essence, I agree with you. Um, I am, you know, a five foot six white redhead. I can go to a bar and nine times out of ten could probably get someone to go home with me. What's the other one? Sorry. <laughs> <Pardon>? <laughs> 
but do you know what I mean? Like this is just the power of having boobs and a butt. Um, guys, yeah. I think uh, in today's day and age find it a little bit difficult. There is a, a lot of um, stigma out there when guys go up to girls in bars these days. There's a lot of apprehension, a lot of confusion, maybe even some pushback. And so it's it's a little bit safer, a little bit easier you know, both on the body and the ego, for guys to hire escorts. I don't think there is as much need for male escorts, but there is definitely a need. I have some great friends with male escorts and they're phenomenal, but there's definitely more girls out there than there are guys. And see, there was a TV show that, I'm going to say the way you guys say it because it sounds fun or maybe the English shape that we fancied. I love the way people say that, by the way. It's freaking fantastic. (laughs) But uh, there was a show out here. I think it got canceled now, but it was called Satisfaction. And oh, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, see, it was about like the sex trade and how that kind of went out. And there was a male escort going out doing his thing. And that was a fantastic show. We thought it was cool because it kind of broke ground on being able to have it on regular cable TV. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I haven't seen it. I have heard of it. So I'd love to be able to comment and have an opinion. But um, yeah, just not going to be able to. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. I'm sure it's on Hulu or Netflix or someone's got it somewhere on there because it, yeah. it's been canceled out and the two guys or the, the two actors have went their own ways in different shows. But it was a really interesting show to see. And we liked watching. It was a very cool way of kind of seeing things. And it actually went after the male escort himself and how it talked about a lot of the women just wanted companionship. They weren't getting uh, the companionship from their husbands or boyfriends and yeah. want to go out and just talk to someone that would listen to them and kind of go out with it that way. Uh, porn doesn't work that way. So I don't know how this works that way. But <laughs> and men see escorts for the same reasons. Um, porn teaches us that sex is this animalistic, um, or sometimes misogynistic, yeah. Um, act between two people, you know, it's hot and it's heavy, it's kinky, it's all of this exciting stuff going on. Generally speaking, people just want to be with someone and intimacy can come socially, it can come physically and sex workers, whether they're, you know, whatever gender they are, um, provide an opportunity to exercise that. Yeah. And I think you guys are probably more therapists and then the majority of people want to go with, um, I would almost equate you to the similarities of a bartender where people are just telling you everything and anything that you didn't or did want to know. And you really have no place to go, but to sit there and listen to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like to say that I am a therapist. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a masseuse. I'm a marriage counselor. I'm all the things. <laughs> nice. So this being said, you've, had a profession you're your own boss which is fantastic entrepreneurship right there there's gotta be some funny story that's ever stuck out something that you tell us like a good little bar thing what's the the funniest thing you probably ever had happen to you with this man i'm always put on the spot when people ask me this question (laughs) (laughs) and i think of ideas beforehand but then in the moment i go no that's not funny enough um (laughs) Ultimately, what I do when when I am with my clients, we're very real. And so a lot of the funny stories and things that happen just come from me being an idiot. Um, 
not too long ago, I turned up to the completely wrong hotel because I thought, yeah, I've got this. I know where it is. I know it's in the area. So I was about 20 minutes late because I had to turn around to my client and go, remember how I asked you not to give me directions? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, have, yeah, it's just funny. Like I've I've butted people in the head. of you know, <laughs> elbows have gone in weird places. I've had sex toys break down i've had um <laughs> not that we haven't been able to untie very easily like it's all just <laughs> fun and real and honest it's nice cool. that's yeah. very cool and yeah. see i don't i think for me for the only thing that's ever happened to me that was weird is i got catfished yeah that's right saying no, catfished no. and this was in oh i don't know this had to be about 10 years ago now for uh, my birthday. I decided that like I always do, I throw a party and I thought we'd get dancers and just have them come out and we'd all have a good time. They drink with us and they'd leave and it would be a good night. Well, they have what I call like a buffet menu because they do have like the headshots of all of their workers on the website. Yeah, okay. So someone different turned up. Yeah, completely different. I, I think at the time I had ordered like a blonde white girl and, and a brunette like Mexican. And there was a very large black woman and someone else showed up and was like, This is not this is not what we agreed upon. Yeah, wow. Ye old bait and switch. Yeah, they were not happy. They're I don't I don't know. You guys don't have them, but Essentially, all I know to call him is like a, a pimp or the bodyguard guy. He yeah. was trying to fight me, and that didn't go over well for anyone because I didn't pay them. Uh, they show up at the front door, and I'm like, nope, go away. And so we yeah. had a big argument about that. Yeah, that's probably the best thing to do in that situation. If you're not feeling comfortable for any reason, don't engage. Uh, it's not going to be good for any parties involved. Um, you're not going to have a good memory of the experience. Just, just don't do it. And these things can be solved diplomatically, even if there is an intimidating bodyguard standing off to the side somewhere. Um, but, yeah, that's not good practice. I'm sorry you had to experience that. Oh, it's fine. We've had good ones since. I think the best one happens to have to be the one of the male dancer we got uh, two years ago. Uh, oh, wow. the, the girlfriend didn't know he was coming, and it was for her birthday. And... Oh. It was funny because we had gone out and did like a nice tasting, a wine tour and all this kind of stuff and had a good time. And all of her friends were with us and they're a mix of guys and girls. And the dancer knew beforehand because apparently that's a thing because guys apparently get aggressive when a male dancer comes in the room, which is weird. But uh the only part that was super awkward was I told her mom I was doing this so that her okay. mom would go home. Well, oh, okay. Oh, the mom goes, I love strippers. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Uh, it is until she opened the door and the guy goes, there was a noise complaint. And she looks at me and goes, I fucking hate you. <laughs> that is so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't have any fun stories like that. <laughs> it's all fun and games. See, we have a good time doing that. It was a, it was a fun thing that for it. But this is something that we do because it's funny and all of our friends kind of enjoy it. It makes people feel awkward, which I thoroughly enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy people being awkward in the moment and seeing how they either adapt or don't adapt to things. So I think 
our most honest when we're vulnerable, right? You would assume. Um, some people take a little bit longer to get adjusted to things, but you can at least see the true nature when they get scared or get vulnerable. And it's a really fun thing to have happen. And I think you get to see that yourself more than I think anybody else will because it's not something that anyone's going else is going to do. And no one is really trying to talk to them they don't know, be fully open and honest with someone that they don't know for honestly no reason. It's not that them being honest to you is going to get them anything beside your company, but they're willing to do that for you. Yeah. And it is one of the most humbling things that I've ever experienced. And I'm always blown away when people are able to trust me that much, you know, regardless of the fact that there's a sign on the door, so to speak, that they can open up. Yeah. Now have, it is an really amazing thing. Have any of your clients turned into friends that you hang out with or talk to on a normal basis? Is that like a normal thing for the industry? Or is it pretty much the idea of you just don't shit where you sleep? Pardon the pun, yeah, but that's just kind of what I'm doing with. Yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I have a couple of um, clients who have turned into friends, but I've been very firm with the boundaries and we had to have this conversation that said, well, you can either see me professionally or you can be a part of my life in this way. Um, I won't go backwards and forwards because it just makes things too complex. But that said, um, I am I have really good and strong relationships with a lot of my clients. So in essence, they are friends as well. Nice. Now, yeah. the idea of the hard to kind of go back and forth, is this trade, is this something that you're open with your family about? Do they know about what goes on for it? Or is it something that you don't tell the family? Yeah, unfortunately, my family is really conservative. I was raised as a Greek Orthodox um, in the Greek Orthodox religion. So telling them would be the worst thing <laughs> I could ever do, <laughs> which is real it's a real shame and I, I don't like lying and I hate having to withhold this part of myself because it you know I've run my own business for so long now it's such a big part of my identity yeah. um but I run the risk of being disowned you know for making a, a perfectly legal and fulfilling decision which is a bit sad can I ask what it is you tell them you do uh, so I, until very recently, was working in a research laboratory. I have a degree in biomedicine. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and so they were. Um, they think that that's what I'm still doing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this industry something that limits you to being able to have a romantic relationship outside of it? Look, it is very limiting in that I've had a, a lot of um, – a lot of pushback in terms of dating and for a while I just refused to date altogether, but I'm actually in a really happy relationship at the moment and he is fully aware of sex work. He's totally open to it and I I'm, I love it. It's amazing. He's amazing. Nice. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, it's very cool. That was always a question for yourself. a special person to put up with that though. Yeah, and I got weird things that go on in my head. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sort of imagine that this would be how an open relationship would feel, right? Because your partner is um, being intimate or potentially being intimate with other people. Um, and that could be quite uncomfortable to sit with. And so I feel that the more open my partner and I are about it, you know, the more he's able to feel comfortable, like he can 
consent to what's happening and feel like he has a say and an opinion and that he's feeling the valid. I feel that that really helps. Now, does that mean he has to remain monogamous or is he allowed to go outside of the relationship as well? I think that's a conversation that we need to have for a later date, but at the moment, <laughs> it's just a <laughs> Well, that's what I was curious of is if it's not that you're going out seeking romantic relationships, you're going to work. Exactly. And, and that is the very difference. Okay. And that's kind of why I was kind of curious. So those are the ones like I have questions about. Those are what I think a lot of people are going to have questions for as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that there's much other than those like direct things that I can think of that always stick with my head that, that and uh, just stupid professionals and political figures and everything like that, because that's what we have. We have in the States uh, political figures that are saying no to everything. This is bad. That's bad. Yet you have Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots gets a like 90 second hand job and mm. the country goes crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can't wait to live in a day where that isn't a big deal. Um, you know, God forbid a politician have sex. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it can't yeah. be a perfect world, I guess. <laughs> no, and it can't. All right. <laughs> well, Alice, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, uh, tell everyone exactly where they can find you uh, if they want to follow you for your social media. What's a good place to check you out? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, if you'd like to follow my Twitter feed, you can go to twitter.com slash the Alice Gray, or my website is alicegray.com. Nice. Everyone, make sure to check that out. We'll have her Twitter handle as well as the website and the podcast description as well. Find on there and make sure to check us out on all the social media platforms. You'll see everything on there as well. Alice, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for uh, doing this for us and uh, answering some questions that I, I had wondered. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much again for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. in a country in the world in the time that we are in right now how have we become such negative narrow-minded individuals and reverted back to a mentality that has predated the majority of the people that have this closed mind ideas of who people are and what should and should not be acceptable in the world and by other people. Your narrow-minded decision does not dictate what everyone else feels and should feel. Why are we allowing our government to choose what is right for the people when they are speaking for the minority themselves or the fucking church, one of the biggest organizations and companies in the fucking world? In this country, we have decided to allow people to do numerous things, amazing things, yet we still allow the most fucked up, negative-minded, narrow pigment ideas to come out. We allow people who are rapists, people that are pedophiles, misogynists, who are assaulters, abusers, to then tell us how to live our lives. They now dictate that Women can and cannot have abortions. It's okay to 
do this. It's not okay to do that. Yet they are the ones that are the biggest offenders in the country. And now they run it. You chose them by putting in the fucking orange in the goddamn Oval Office. Because of that fucktard who is a admitted, admitted woman assaulter. He's now putting in ideas that allow women to have very few, if any, rights coming through. And we have pushed this out to the world. The world sees us as a fucking joke because of what we have done in this country and what we're allowing to do. We are putting policies in place that should have been abolished a long time ago. And we're okay with it. We're now fighting each other over the stupidest fucking things and letting this shit go forward. When this is something that shouldn't even be on the fucking table. We shouldn't even have a conversation about this. When I'm talking to Alice, we're talking about something that we're all doing. We're all fucking. That's what we do. We are made to procreate. And now she has to hide what she does because of people that are narrow-minded. We don't allow for the idea that sex is fun. And I don't know how many people in this fucking country in the world are paying for sex, but there's a lot of them. Because if they weren't, there wouldn't be such a huge supply and demand for it. It has gotten so much so that, yeah, there is a horrible, horrible sex and human trafficking ring around the world that should not be there. But what the fuck is fueling it? These fucking assholes that are allowing this. We also hide and repress our own sexualities and our own mentalities and sexual thoughts of how things are supposed to be, what you want to have, what you enjoy, because you're what, afraid? Afraid of what? Words? Words are what scare you. Everyone's got a penis or vagina. Some of us have both. Some of us have none. But who the fuck are we to tell others what is the right and the wrong thing? Who is the right person and the wrong person? Who is better than someone else? It's a fucked up thing to do. It's not right. And we're still allowing it. We don't allow sex ed in schools because you're afraid to teach your kid about reproduction. Your kids are the ones going to have a child by the time they're in junior high. Why? Because you didn't teach them the right and the wrong. You pushed it off. You didn't let anyone else talk to them about it. Oh, and because of that, you didn't also teach them how to have birth control. Why? Because you think that condones having sex. No, it prevents having a child when you're not ready for it. They didn't know where to get birth control. They don't know how to use a condom because you took them out of sex ed. They don't know how to deal with things because you've sheltered them and hid them away from everything in their life because you thought that was the best thing to do for them. Fuck that. No, that was the best thing you thought to do for you because you felt awkward. The children don't feel awkward. The awkward part is how you present it to them. It's human anatomy. It's going to happen to them eventually anyway. That's how they got here. That's what you're afraid of. Stop being narrow-minded. Stop being closed-minded. Open yourself up because if you don't and your kids open their legs up and you have a grandkid when they're 12, that's on you. That's not on them for making poor decisions because they weren't educated on how to make the right decision in the first place. You hid that from them and you abstained from telling them. So you want them to abstain from having sex, sexual contact, or any kind? This is how the mindset comes. This is how the, the people have these repressive mentalities because they're afraid of things. So they're going to push it off on everyone else. 
So you're afraid to tell your kids so kids can't have it. Our government is afraid to say things and do things so the people can't have it. It's cyclical. This is how this is all working out. If you were open with sex and this country was open with fucking nudity, if you could turn on the goddamn TV and see something, you'd be okay. If we didn't have people like a bunch of fucking pussies asking Netflix to take off people smoking cigarettes, we would be okay. You can't fucking erase history. You can't stop what's happening and you can't erase the past. You have to fucking learn from it because all we're doing is repeating it and making it worse we are allowing people to take back fights that our parents and grandparents fought for why because we don't know what the fuck we're doing someone withheld the fights that they have had to come through and the struggles they've had to deal with because they thought you learned and you didn't and you haven't and are going to and all it's going to do is make this worse for everybody so when you have a kid or if you've got one now and you've decided that Little Susie doesn't need to know about sex because she's only 10. She's going to be pregnant soon. It's on you. Enjoy that one. And if you thought you don't want to have birth control for her because of promoting sex, sex is everywhere. Someone's going to teach her. And you really hope it's going to be you. Well, looks like that's all the time I've got for this episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you all for sharing, leaving comments on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. We have grown so fast, so quickly here. We're coming up on a year, and it's awesome. I also want to thank Alice Gray. So be sure to check her out. Follow her on Twitter if you're not already. It is the Alice Gray, G-R-E-Y, like Gray's Anatomy, and follow her, comment on her activities. She is a fun lady to have around. She's a great woman to interact with, and I can't wait to have her back on the show. Don't forget to check out alicegray.com, and if you're looking for any other great podcasts, don't forget to check out the No Phony Podcast Network. That is nophonynetwork.com. They're going to have everything from politics to horror stories, to British people talking fucking bollocks. I think that's right, bollocks, dogs bollocks, whatever it might be. Check those guys out. It's a fun time, and it's a good uh, area to do the content. Great network, great support group as well. Don't forget to check out the Drunkish Irishman. Irishman. God damn, I'm drunk. The Drunken Irishman on the East Coast. The Shots for Likes podcast at shotsforlikes.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to be in your ears next time.